O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We pray you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word, we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen. The Old Testament lesson is recorded in Isaiah chapter 29, beginning at verse 18. In that day the deaf shall hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Here ends the Old Testament lesson. The epistle lesson is recorded in Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, the second chapter, beginning at verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Here ends the epistle lesson. The Holy Gospel is recorded in the Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter, beginning at verse 31. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephetha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit.
Let us pray. Beloved Holy Spirit, you who solely can teach us to see and comprehend God's wisdom, help us also to understand it. Instruct us as only you can by showing us who we are. Allow us to see the log in our own eye. Instruct us in the whole truth as to what separates us from God. Allow us to see the depth of God's plan of salvation into the innermost parts of his fatherly heart that loved us so much that he gave his only son so that we could become his children. Give us the wisdom to understand God's secrets and become recipients of his everlasting love. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our sermon text is recorded in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the second chapter, verses 9 and 10. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Fellow redeemed, what is your most important learning tool? As we are about to begin another school year, there have been a lot of questions about the ways that teaching and learning will happen this fall. During these days of social distancing and online or hybrid learning, our laptops or tablets or other personal electronic devices are increasingly important. Applications such as Zoom allow us to meet face to face in order to teach and learn remotely. These are all important learning tools. The small catechism reminds us that God has created us with built-in learning tools. When God made me and all creatures, he gave me my body and soul, equipped with eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason, and all my senses. Using our eyes, ears, and our members, our reason and senses, we may explore the wonders of God's creation. A teacher will try to incorporate several of these senses, seeing, hearing, touching, in order to help students grasp and retain information and skills. Likewise, we may apply our reason in critical thinking to any number of subjects and courses of study. Our eyes, ears, reason, and senses can also tell us some things about God. From what we see in the order and diversity of creation, we know that God exists, that he is powerful and made all things. From our conscience, that little voice in our head that tells us right from wrong and when we have disobeyed God, we know that we are accountable to God for our actions. But since the fall into sin by nature on our own, there is a limit to what we may know and perceive. No eye has seen, no ear heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. By nature, our eyes are more than clouded by cataracts, our eardrums more than punctured, our minds more than impaired when it comes to knowing Jesus. 
What God has prepared for us is hidden from our senses. No eye has seen. Maybe you have been at a concert or another live event where you have had an obstructed view. By nature, we have an, an obstructed view when it comes to spiritual matters, matters of salvation. Even more, we are spiritually blind, unable to see the right way to go or who to follow. So we end up going astray, following our own way that leads to destruction. No ear has heard. In other words, we are not good at listening and are refusing to hear. We are like the kid who's being corrected by his parents for breaking a toy, who covers his ears and says, don't tell me that. Instead of listening to the voice of our shepherd and savior, Jesus, we listen to the tempting voices of Satan. Did God really say? The world, everyone's doing it. And our own flesh, you know you want to. No mind has conceived. That is because the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. What God has prepared for those who love him has not entered into the heart of man. For the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Such is our horrible legacy from our first parent sin in the Garden of Eden. In our natural spiritual condition, God's wisdom of salvation in Christ is only foolishness. How then can we know the things God has prepared for those who love him? God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Christianity is a revealed religion. The Holy Spirit has given us knowledge of the things God has prepared through his word, the Bible. Scripture never had its origin in the will of man. Instead, it was recorded by inspiration of the Holy Spirit by the prophets and apostles. Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What God has prepared for us is revealed in the Word. The doctrine of verbal inspiration of Scripture, rejected by most nominal Christian churches today, is not only a remarkable doctrine, it is also an extremely comforting one. It means that we have God's truth as he wants us to have it. Therefore, we are not deceived by what teachers who are captive to the spirit of the world think they know. It is no wonder that Christians who follow the lead of these worldly-minded teachers are blown here and there by every wind of doctrine. But we know what God says. The Holy Spirit taught the very words the holy writers used when they penned God's revelation to the world. These are precious words indeed, for they include us in God's every promise of salvation. The central message of scripture is what God has prepared for those who love him. This phrase may lead us to think of the future glories of heaven. It certainly includes that. But the context of 1 Corinthians 2 is talking about the gospel, God's plan to save us from sin and death carried out by Jesus Christ. From A to Z, our salvation is the powerful work of God. He planned it. He prepared it. He carried it out at the cross by his Son.
Have you ever seen anything like it? Can you believe your eyes? The Son of God crucified as a criminal for the sake of condemned sinners, taking our punishment upon himself? Who would have thought it would figure? As Doc Brown in Back to the Future would say, inconceivable for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Have you heard such a story, the old, old story of Jesus and his love? As John wrote, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. It is through the means of the gospel as it is preached and read, and through the word attached to the water, bread, and wine in the sacraments, that the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to the truth of the gospel, opens our ears to the voice of the Savior, and our hearts and minds to believe in Jesus as our Savior. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. Luther echoes this verse in the Catechism when he confesses, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But then he explains what God has revealed uh, by his Spirit. But the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. What God has prepared for us is received by faith. By the power of his Spirit, we are led to accept the great news of our forgiveness and are kept in the saving faith. That is why we can be positive of our salvation. It's based 100% on God's power. What confidence that marvelous fact gives. Faith that relies on people can sometimes disappoint us. We may have had the rug pulled out from under us when we thought we could trust someone. Certainly that would shock and disappoint us, but it would not place our salvation in jeopardy. Our faith does not rest on mere humans, but on God's power. Rely on your faithful God's power, and you have every reason to be certain of your salvation. He cannot disappoint. Michael Faraday was a chemist, electrician, and philosopher. A distinguished scientist calling on him put to him this question, have you conceived to yourself what will be your occupation in the next world? Hesitating for a while, Faraday answered, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And then he added in his own words, I shall be with Christ, and that is enough. As we continue to read and hear God's word, we will grow in grace and knowledge of our Savior. The Holy Spirit will continue to reveal to us what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind conceived, until the last day, when we will hear the voice of Jesus calling us forth from the dead. Then we will see him face to face and know him even as we are known. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, as now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. 
O God, our faithful God, in whom alone we put our trust and find our hope, you have called us to be your own and have graciously invited us to bring our petitions before you. Like children with their loving Father, we pray confident and fearless. Our hopes are set upon that day when Christ will come to take us to your side. You have blessed us with forgiveness for our sins, peace of heart, and power to do your bidding. You have revealed the mysteries of life eternal, the way to heaven, and all those truths that belie the proud wisdom of this world. You have shown us the secret for confident living. We have come to these by grace, through the person of your Son, the Word made flesh. What you have begun in us so freely, you will complete. There is no merit in us, but Jesus is our hope that each of us will take the place reserved for us in heaven to live in bliss forever there. Draw us to all who by faith have been drawn to you. Make your church on earth an oasis of peace. Teach us to give up contentiousness. Lead us away from petty pride that divides us. Let us learn from Jesus to prefer one another and to suppress our wills, our wishes, in the interest of the common good. Wherever people gather this day with your Son in their midst, we are linked by the ties you have made. Help us to feel the oneness that is your doing and to nurture the communion into which you have called the saints. Whatever, wherever among us and in our hearts the religion of Jesus Christ has taken root and grows, there is reason to give thanks. Give faith and trust and hope to our fellowship. We remember especially those who are suffering COVID-19 and its effects, who need your presence and your comfort every passing hour. Embrace them in your love and encourage them with your gracious promises. Guide and guard us all. We who can do nothing by ourselves can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, in whose name we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.